Alleluia, alleluia. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go then to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. The Gospel of the Lord. I think perhaps some of you or many of you may have may have heard by now about a fairly new television series called The Chosen. We had a Zoom gathering, watching one of the episodes uh, here at Mary Queen of Peace uh, a couple nights ago. And this series, it's, it's the first ever multi-season TV show about the life of Jesus. The first episode was released around this time three years ago. And since then, this series has become uh, such great support around the world. It's become the largest crowd-funded media project ever. It has been seen by over 50 million people in, in about 180 countries around the world. The series came to my attention last spring during the first weeks of the pandemic. Uh, over an eight-day period, just before Holy Week, the creators of the series offered what's now become a very, well, a very 2020-type thing to do. That is, they had a live stream event uh, where they live streamed for eight days each of the eight episodes of season one. Not only is this series a unique telling of the life of Jesus because of this multi-season format, so they've completed season one, they're working on season two, and they already are uh, funding and, and planning for season three in the future. But it's also distinct because it allows us to see Jesus through the eyes of those who knew him. Rather than having the approach of being strictly historical or just using what we find in Scripture and putting that on the screen, they have a different approach. Uh, Their approach is that through prayer, through study, through consulting, they've created episodes that, if not being historically accurate necessarily, they are plausible. They're plausible backstories about the lives of the people that we know their names very well, but we don't necessarily know many details about their lives, what their lives may have been like. People such as Mary Magdalene, uh, Peter and his wife, Matthew, Nicodemus, the children of Galilee, the woman at the well, people like that. The approach the creators of the series have taken 
towards uh, engaging sacred scripture, again, through these methods of prayer, study, uh, consultation. Ultimately, the approach of using their imagination. This is a model that we can all learn from and benefit from ourselves. It's called imaginative prayer. Using our imagination when we pray. Allowing ourselves to wonder about the people that knew Jesus. Uh, allowing ourselves to wonder about the details and the backstory of their life. Putting ourselves in those gospel stories and then letting the Holy Spirit speak to us through what we see, hear, feel, and experience. Imaginative prayer is, as St. Ignatius of Loyola and many other saints and mystics have discovered, it's a powerful tool to help us know and love God. To help us not only think about Jesus, but to experience Him and to meet Him for ourselves. And the episodes of The Chosen, they do just that. They're beautifully done. They're worth watching more than once because they help people experience and meet Jesus for themselves. And as I watch these episodes, it's brought the Gospels to life for me in a new way. They've moved my heart. They bring me to tears when I watch them. The pilot episode, the first one, is about what we heard proclaimed in the Gospel last night and this morning. It allows us to see to see what we celebrate today through the eyes of those who were among the first to meet Jesus, the shepherds. After they heard the good news from the angel, the shepherds, in this episode, they can be seen running through the fields, running excitedly. Uh, maybe, it looks like, maybe running as fast as they've ever run in their life on their way to Bethlehem to find Mary, Joseph, and the newborn baby Jesus. In this episode, the, the shepherds, they don't stay very long uh, with the Holy Family. But just before the last one departs, he said something that uh, stood out to me. It's kind of like he's giving a little explanation to Mary and Joseph of why, why he can't stay very long. He said to them, I must go. People must know People must know. That phrase, people must know, is not found anywhere in sacred scripture, but it's certainly consistent with it. For as we would have heard in the gospel last night, just before what we heard this morning, the angel said to the shepherds, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all all the people. In other words, people must know. People must know. This year, perhaps, perhaps more than ever for any of us in our own lifetimes, people must know the good news. That starts with ourselves, right? We must know the good news. I must know the good news myself. Whether it's this year or any time that I'm facing a difficulty, a struggle, some kind of suffering, 
In order to make it through, I must know the good news of Christmas, which is Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. God is with us to help us through any difficulty, any and every hardship, suffering that we experience or face in this world. Just yesterday afternoon, as I was in my preparations of finalizing my homily and getting ready for Christmas Eve Masses, I heard a knock on my door. And it kind of surprised me and also kind of like, I didn't, I haven't, no one's knocked on my door yet, my, my short time living here in Sammamish, so it was kind of like you forget, what do you do when someone knocks at the door, you know? So I kind of walked quietly and looked at the people to see who it is, decided, okay, I'll open this door. And um, found two young ladies there and they said, we don't want to take up much of your time. We just, we're just going uh, around door to door on this Christmas Eve because we want to tell people that, you know, even though it's been, it's been a tough year, it's been a really hard year in a lot of ways, but we want people to know that we believe that God is still with us. We believe that God came into our world 2,000 years ago and He helped people back then. And he's still with us now. He's still helping people today. And we just want to make sure that you know that. So I wasn't wearing this, you know. I have different clothes. You may not know that. Uh, so all I could say was, amen, sisters. You know, I believe that too. And I thank them. Thank you for taking your time on this day and going around and making sure testifying, witnessing to what you believe, and making sure that people know. Thank you for that. These two young disciples, they're simply continuing the Christmas mission begun by the shepherds. They couldn't stay. They couldn't stay home. They knew they had to go out, knock on doors, because people still must know. People still must know. We've been given the same Christmas mission ourselves. We must let other people know, right? Through our own thoughts, words, and actions. But first, we remind ourselves of the good news. That's, that's why we're here today, right? That's why we come to Mass. We are reminded of the good news every time we come to Mass. That's why we read the Bible on our own, so we can keep learning more and more of the good news. That's why we watch videos like The Chosen, so we can be inspired in new ways to think about, contemplate the good news. That's why we spend time in prayer each day, so we can get to know Jesus better, come to experience and meet Him for ourselves. But since the beginning, Satan has tempted us humans to believe, well, to not believe the good news, right? To think that God has abandoned us, that we're alone, that things won't work out, that we have to figure things out by ourselves. What we celebrate at Christmas is that God sent His Son into our world to show us the truth. That God is with us, and He's come to save us. This is the good news 
meant for us and meant to be shared with all people. A couple of weeks ago, the Holy Spirit led me to read a book called The Hiding Place. I, would, I, guess, I would guess some of you have read it before, maybe you've heard of it. This book powerfully reaffirmed these truths for me, that God is always with us and that people must know. So this book is the story of Corrie Ten Boom and her family who, during the Nazi occupation of Holland in World War II, they hid Jewish people in their home. And Corrie and her sister Betsy and their whole family were arrested and sent to concentration camps. And what I expected to be an inspiring story about some brave people who endured and overcame uh, terrible evil and suffering, it was that. It was definitely that. But it was more than that. It was, for me, one of the most spiritually deep books that I've ever read. Sadly, Betsy did not survive the concentration camp, but Corey promised her that she would tell others what they had learned there. That there is no pit so deep that Jesus is not deeper still. They endured some, something unspeakably horrible, yet they found Jesus there with them. And they learned that joy runs deeper than despair. And they knew that other people must know. At the end of a movie that was made that's based on this book, Corey Ten Boom appears at the end of the movie, herself appears, for a few moments on camera. And she's at that time in her 80s, looking back to 30 years prior to her time uh, with her sister Betsy. And she said, Some questions remain, but they're not to be feared. Our Heavenly Father holds all things in His hands, even our questions. As for myself in the years since, the Lord has sent me to some 60 countries, and I've talked to anyone who would listen. No pit is so deep that God is not deeper still. With Jesus, even in our darkest moments, the best remains. And the very best is yet to be. I promised my sister I would tell it. And I tell you. My friends, 2020 has been a dark year. And we have many questions about the pandemic, health concerns, about political turmoil, racial tension, violence, financial troubles, unemployment, uncertainty about the future, isolation, missing family and friends at holidays and other important life events. And on this Christmas, even as we might be feeling the weight of these questions and, and this darkness, the pain and perhaps the despair that comes with being apart from loved ones, not 
being able to be together as we normally would at Christmas with our entire MQP family, not being able to just do normal things, or any struggle that maybe, maybe only God knows that we're going through. Even in this darkness, Christmas comes to us as a light. Christmas comes into all this messiness to remind us of these sacred truths. Joy runs deeper than despair. Jesus is deeper than any pit. Jesus is with us in our darkest moments, and he promises us the best is yet to be. But it can happen to any of us that even when we hear these truths, maybe we think, I don't know, not really totally for me. It doesn't apply fully to me, maybe. Maybe they're not meant for me. Maybe we can be tempted that these truths are meant for others, or they're meant for another time or another place. God doesn't really come for me, does he? Because my life is a big mess. This world is a mess. I don't see God in it anywhere. We can be tempted by Satan to have these thoughts. Yet the Christmas story shows us that Jesus was born precisely into this messiness. The shepherds ran and found Jesus born in the messiness of a stable, not laid in the comfort of a crib, laid in a feeding trough for animals. Yet, they didn't recoil when they saw this messiness. No, they rejoiced. They rejoiced. And then they ran to tell everyone because people must know God is with us, especially in the messiness of our lives. Dorothy Day, the founder of the Catholic Worker Movement, noticed this important detail of the messiness that Jesus was born into. And then she reflected very well on what that meant for her, what that means for you and me, what that means for all people. She said this, My soul is such a mess that it's so much like a stable. Yet, if Christ can be born in a stable, maybe he can also be born in me. Merry Christmas.